Now that this week in history is history, it's time to sit back, relax, and relive the week that was in U.S. history class. Coming to you live from 185, Mr. Palumbo is ready to take you on a journey into the past to understand the present and change the future. This is Pushcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to the Pushcast for the first week of April 2019. I uh, hope you enjoyed that little uh, bonus clip in the intro there uh, from my friend Bob the Builder. I uh, hope we don't run into any copyright issues with that. Uh, but for the unit that we're started this week and the topics that we're talking about, um, I can't help to, but uh, to think about uh, my friend Bob the Builder and him asking the question, can we fix it? Yes, we can. And the it that we're talking about are all of those negative things that we learned about uh, back during the Gilded Age, those negative, uh, ugly uh, things we found in American society when we scratched the surface and look back underneath. Um, we started the week by recounting all of those negatives uh, again and seeing where uh, we left off with those. And we're able to name just quite a, a list of uh, some of the ugliness going on in American society during the Gilded Age. Things from child labor to unsafe and unsanitary living conditions, uh, poor working conditions, low wages, unfair uh, you know, income distribution, um, any number of things um, we were able to put together and recall and recount uh, back from the Gilded Age. And this unit, what we're talking about now, the progressive era, is the time to fix it. All right, and American, the American people are going to ask themselves, can we fix it? Uh, and the answer that we hear resoundingly during the progressive era is, yes, we can. Um, so we started kind of going through uh, the week there and kind of one at a time, um, you know, checking off those negatives from the Gilded Age. Um, and finding solutions uh, for how to fix them and why many of those negatives from the Gilded Age we don't have to deal with today. <clears throat> um, so we really th used today, our modern society um, in 2019, as kind of the after picture and uh, all the negatives during the Gilded Age as, as the before picture. And we said to fill in the middle. You know, thinking of some of those basic questions uh, that we think about whenever we learn a new topic, you know, the who, what, where, when, why, uh, and how. Uh, the when's pretty easy. You know, dealing with the progressive era, uh, so starting uh, right about the turn of the century, 1900, and going for the next couple of decades, uh, trying to solve those those issues and fix those problems from the Gilded Age. You know, when and where, uh, like I said, we're taking care of uh, what it is. We know what that's about. The why, which is always the most important question in history, um, is a really easy one. Um, we had some not great things going on in American society, and we need to fix them. Uh, we need to make the country better, um, understanding what the word progressive itself means. Having those in mind, really what we need to look at for this unit is the who. Who are the people that are fighting for this change and fighting for this improvement, and how are they going to do it? Um, and that was our, our task throughout the week, to look at uh, different negatives from the Gilded Age um, and understand which group of people are going to step up and fight uh, for that positive change and how they're going to go about doing it. Um, a major vocab term for the unit, for a group of these people that are fighting for change uh, that we started at the beginning of the week, was muckrakers. Muckrakers was a new vocab term for most of us. We had some visuals there to help understand what, what muck is, really thick and dark and, and muddy soil uh, that you can't see through, you can't see underneath. Um, and then a muckraker, naturally someone's going to rake that muck away, that's going to swipe it away 
allowing the American people uh, to see what's underneath, exposing um, the negative aspects of American society. Because before we're, we can fix any of these negatives from the Gilded Age, the American people have to know about them. Um, you know, we're at a time when, you know, we don't have, you know, television and news and the Internet and Twitter um, for us to find out what's going on in other parts of the country too much. You know, we really don't know a whole lot of outside of, of what's just around us, and we're able to look around, you know, where we live. Uh, so we don't know the experience of other people uh, too much in the United States at this time. So uh, we're going to rely on uh, journalists and writers to expose these things and to show them to the American people. Um, and once the American people are able to see these negatives, they're going to be outraged by them, and they're going to demand change. And we're going to see that pattern all throughout the progressive era. Um, and that is, that's the how of it, really. That's how these things are going to get done and get fixed. Um, the American people need to find out about them, and they're going to demand change. Um, you know, as the saying goes, sunlight is the best disinfectant. The three top muckrakers uh, that we looked at for the progressive era, uh, we did Upton Sinclair in his book, The Jungle. Uh, we read excerpts from The Jungle and got really grossed out in class and read some really disgusting things. Uh, about you know dead rats being ground up into sausage and um, you know rat poison being put out and just some terrible awfulness about you know, how food was prepared and processed during that time. The next muckraker we looked at Jacob Reese and his book How the Other Half Lives dealt with a number of his photos backed in the previous unit when we learned about tenements, but just seeing the impact that those photos had on the American people and his book How the Other Half Lives um, and the reforms that that led to in housing, but also in the workplace. Uh, demand for you know workers to get paid higher wages. They don't need to live in those conditions. Um, and then all the positive results that come from that. Everything from um, a reduction in child labor, you know, because parents are getting paid more, to playgrounds being built um, in all the cities uh, to give uh, children an opportunity to get outside and, and to get away from those deplorable living conditions. And then finally, we looked at Ida, <coughs> excuse me, Ida Tarbell, and her book, The History of the Standard Oil Company, exposing the, the negatives uh, and the evils of monopolies. Not only just their, their ruthless business tactics and the things they do to their competitors, uh, but also the negative impact that that has on consumers and prices. Uh, again, something the American public um, would not be you know, terribly expert on, uh, but once it's exposed to them and once it's shown to them, uh, they're going to demand change. Throughout this uh, process, uh, with the muckrakers, we continually went back to uh, one of the more famous political cartoons uh, that we used in our previous unit. <clears throat> it's one that's entitled The Bosses of the Senate. Big giant money bag monopolists uh, standing imposingly uh, over the you know very tiny, uh, f scared looking senators. Just to, to, to portray the, the image of you know these big industrialists kind of run the country. Right, and, and they have a say-so. Uh, very small in the top corner of this, of this cartoon is a door uh, in the Senate uh, gallery says the people's entrance, and it's, it's locked with a, a padlock on it. Um, in this unit, the progressive era is when that's going to change, and we see the power of you know, millions of regular people versus you know, a handful of, of wealthy industrials, and the millions of regular people are going to win. Uh, when they all band together and demand something. Um, in the case of the jungle, they're going to demand <clears throat> healthier and more safe and sanitary food processing and inspections. They're going to get things like the Meat Inspection Act passed and the Pure Food and Drug Act. Uh, in the case of how the other half lives, like we said, there's, we're going to see movement towards the minimum wage. We're going to see uh, demands on landlords 
um, to, to fix up their housing. Um, like I said, public playgrounds are going to be built, things like that, to help uh, people's living conditions. And antitrust laws are going to get passed after Ida Tarbell's book comes out about Standard Oil. And the trusts and monopolies are going to be broken up, um, including the biggest of them all, uh, John Rockefeller Standard Oil. Um, so again, <clears throat> we're going to see this pattern of regular people are going to learn about an issue, feel outraged by it, demand action. Um, and hopefully Congress and the government is going to listen to those people. Uh, moving on from there, uh, we looked at some other of the uh, negative issues from the Gilded Age and opportunities during the Progressive Era uh, to make some positive change. One of the things we looked at was taxation, um, the unfair way in which taxes were being taken from the American people. Um, at this time, um, at the turn of the century, uh, taxation was based on uh, mainly tariff rates um, or consumption, so kind of based on what you used, what you bought, so basically the property that you purchased or the property that you owned. Um, in this case, one group of people in particular that just need uh, to own a lot of property, farmers, uh, were paying an, an, a, a not fair percentage of their of their money going towards taxes. Whereas a wealthy industrialist who makes untold you know, times more money than a farmer would isn't really paying an equal share of what they need to. Um, and so we see a demand by farmers at this time. Uh, we did an activity in class um, with M&Ms kind of to distribute wages and collect taxes and you know, uh, just to show uh, how you know, unfair it is for the, way, the taxes that farmers would have to pay compared to what a wealthy industrialist would have to pay. Um, and we, we figured at the end of that activity that a tax on your income would be more fair, um, would kind of close the wealth gap that we saw during the Gilded Age. Um, <clears throat> and so we ran it, um, the same activity, but again, taxing income, and we found out that it was more fair. Um, you know, farmers paying, you know, one M&M in taxes and a wealthy industrialist paying 12 M&Ms in taxes, um, you know, a thing like that. Um, so that's one thing uh, that can be done to, to fix some of those issues of the Gilded Age is to fix the tax system. And because of that now, we have the 16th Amendment uh, where your income is taxed. Um, taxes are based on income. So that's a progressive era solution that we saw. Uh, from there, we learned a new term, a new group of people. Uh, they're going to fight for some of these changes, some of this positive change. The populists, uh, populists uh, made up mainly of a group of farmers. And we recognize inside that word popular. All right, so they're going to push for uh, ideas and they're going to push for policies. They're going to be popular among the vast majority of Americans. So it's not just a handful of industrials who are going to get what they want anymore. Um, the government's going to listen to and do the bidding of the majority of Americans. They're going to pass uh, laws and policies that are popular, things like the income tax, uh, things like the 17th Amendment, uh, one of our progressive era amendments uh, that calls for the direct election of senators. And the time before this, you know, for the 125 years of American history before this, the two senators from each state, uh, were chosen by the states themselves, chosen by the state legislatures. And this left a lot of opportunity for corruption, bribery, um, you know, paybacks and kickbacks, things like that. Uh, a more fair and democratic way to do this, uh, the populist solution to this, is to have the direct election of senators, which is our 17th Amendment, uh, which is we have today. So on Election Day, you go out and you vote for um, the two senators to represent your states, right, to serve those six-year terms. Um, so those are two of our four Progressive Era amendments. We're going to uh, get to two more of them later. 
Um, the next uh, place that we looked at, the next uh, place to find a solution fixes improvements for the country is in the environment. Um, conservation is a major progressive era issue. Um, this is due mainly to you know Teddy Roosevelt being the, the president uh, during most of the progressive era. He's responsible for getting the Meat Inspection Act passed, passing those antitrust laws, uh, the breakup Standard Oil and the other monopolies. Um, and conservation is a big deal to him. Um, a famous outdoorsman, uh, camper, hunter, um, who loves the outdoors, loves nature. Um, so conservation is an issue that's near and dear to his heart, and we have him to thank for uh, setting up the national park system, um, setting land aside out west. And you know, we looked at that, and we I borrowed the the title from Ken Burns's PBS documentary, um, saying that it's America's best idea. Really, not any other country in the world sets aside land and says that no one's allowed to touch it, and not just any land that. In America, we set aside our best land, our most beautiful, our most noteworthy uh, land and features. Uh, we set those aside for the public, for the public to come enjoy. Um, and just by the fact of being an American, you can go check those out um, at any time. They're never going to be you know, purchased by a billionaire. There's never going to be restaurants and hotels you know, set up on top of them. Um, the trees aren't going to be cut down. Uh, the water's not going to be used. Uh, things like that. And that's really a, an American idea. Uh, to set that land aside, and we're lucky to have so many natural resources that we can afford to take some of it um, just for the public good and have it set aside for everybody to enjoy. And again, that's a progressive era idea. That's a way to improve the country. Um, you know, the, the Gilded Age problem that that solves is, is the rapid use of natural resources uh, during industrialization, uh, the pollution, uh, the, the filth in the cities, that's being produced during the Gilded Age. Um, and, and a good counterbalance to that is setting aside uh, land for national parks. Um, that's something Teddy Roosevelt's going to do. <clears throat> and the final uh, progressive era issue that we looked at this week, uh, the way to improve the country, is prohibition. We looked at the, the history of alcohol in the United States, going all the way back to uh, the Mayflower and you know how much alcohol they brought with them to um, you know, George Washington, the distilleries at Mount Vernon, and, and we traced it all the way up to um, the Gilded Age, and we saw um, how integral alcohol was to an American society, uh, but how out of control it got as well um, during the time of industrialization. And, and we saw the real negative impact that it had on families. Uh, men, um, you know, spending all of their money at the saloon, um, you know, coming back, not being able to provide for their families, being abusive, neglectful. Um, and one thing that can be done uh, to improve the country at this time in the progressive tradition uh, is to ban alcohol. Uh, we looked at the groups that uh, moved to ban alcohol, women in particular, uh, religious groups, uh, businesses, you know, not wanting their employees uh, to be drinking, wanting them to be clear-headed uh, and efficient at work. Um, and finally, nativists, um, you know, bringing back a term from a couple units ago, uh, just the, the negative stereotypes of immigrants um, and alcohol, you know, the Irish and St. Patrick's Day and Germans and beer and Irish, um, <clears throat> no, I said Irish and Italians, uh, you know, red wine and all those negative stereotypes um, is a good opportunity for nativists um, to jump in to be uh, anti-alcohol as well. And once you put enough of those groups together, you're going to have enough people uh, to demand a change in the progressive tradition. And they're going to get that with the 18th Amendment uh, that prohibits 
the sale, manufacture, and transport of alcohol within the United States. Um, from there, we looked at some of the negative impacts of that, though. Um, it doesn't go as well as everybody had planned, the, the noble experiment as it becomes known. Uh, we see that drinking rates go up during Prohibition. More people are drinking during Prohibition than before. Uh, death rates and illness go up significantly uh, from before Prohibition. And law enforcement and the government are simply just not able to keep up. It's a law that's basically impossible to enforce. Uh, when you have a majority of the country that simply isn't going to listen and uh, they're going to continue to use alcohol. Um, we understood at the end of it that it does end uh, with the 21st Amendment, um, with FDR um, you know, campaigning on getting rid of it. Not really a progressive era issue, you know, the end of, of prohibition. Um, so we didn't get too much into that and the politics of it. We'll take care of that more uh, when we get into Franklin Roosevelt and, and closer to the Depression. Um, but simply understanding that um, it didn't work, our only amendment that um, has a repeal. Um, so 18th and 21st Amendments, you know, canceling each other out. Um, but the, the theme is still there for the progressive era. Um, the, the noble idea of trying to make the country better um, and more healthy and more moral uh, by banning alcohol. But unfortunately, um, it just didn't work out that way. Um, there's more to cover with the progressive era. Next week, uh, just to give you a little preview, uh, we're going to spend a few days on, on women's suffrage and the suffrage movement. Um, and gaining some women's rights uh, as we lead uh, up to spring break. So um, that's going to be the, the major theme of next week, uh, but still in the progressive tradition. So I guess you know, to leave you off with the, the overall theme here um, of the progressive era, always trying to find solutions to improve the country. Uh, we see four constitutional amendments being passed this, uh, during this time period. Um, and, and we looked at that today of how unprecedented that is. Um, you know, there's only 27 amendments total in the Constitution. Uh, the first 10 come all at once in the Bill of Rights, so really only 17 after that. Um, and we have four of them um, during the Progressive Era. So almost 25% of those uh, additional amendments are all during this one time period. Um, when there's been only one in my lifetime, and none in, in your guys' your students' lifetimes. Um, so just... The fact that there's four of them tells you a ton about this time period. Uh, not only that there's tremendous change going on, uh, but you have millions and millions of people that are all on board, um, understanding how many people you need to agree to, to get a single constitutional amendment passed, and the fact that we have four of them in relatively short order um, you know, tells us a lot about this progressive era. Um, so we're going to leave you with that, um, You know, those overall themes of the progressive era. There's a lot of people uh, to learn about in this in this unit, some new vocab, some new terms, four new amendments. Um, so, you know, good on you listening to the podcast and, and taking the opportunity to review those things and keep them straight. Um, keep your notes straight. Uh, I think we did some good activities uh, to help us to, to lock in this learning here. Um, but continue to look through your materials. And again, further lock those in. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing everybody on Monday. Hope you have a great weekend. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. enjoyed this look back into the week that was in U.S. history. The goal, as always, is to be enlightened. If not enlightened, at least entertained. And if not entertained, at least not annoyed. Now go grab that PS4 or Xbox, jump on Snap, Twitter, or Insta, and keep those streaks alive. While there, follow Mr. P on Twitter at Mr. P underscore Newark. And remember, this isn't just his story or her story, it's your story too.